Okay, this is a talk on the Bible, so you might need a Bible. If you uh, would like to go and find one, if you, if you find that helpful. But the reading we will be looking at later will be on the screen as well. Now, um, my name is Liz Ricketts, and I'm one of the ministers here. Jeff thinks that I'm going to preach for the rest of the time now, I think, because he's, he's a bit worried that I've got two sermons. Can I say that, in fact, it's almost three sermons? <laughs> it's a sermon in three bits, all right? Um, The first bit is that um, we're going to have, a, I hope, a fairly rapid look at why we should read the Bible. I bet you know the answer to that already, but uh, we're going to do that in a minute. Don't put my points up yet, (laughs) otherwise we'll never get there. Secondly, um, we're going to um, have uh, a look at what I hope you've been given, which is a menu called Soul Food. So I hope most of you have been given that as you came in. And the third thing we're going to do is actually look at a passage of the Bible together. All right? So um, those are the three bits we're going to try and get over. And there'll be a little bit of wriggle room in the middle um, and a song of worship. Now, we're doing um, a series on, called Hungry to Grow. And um, this is what number four in that series. And we're going to be looking at the Bible and Bible study today. But it is also linked with all the others. Who's been here for all four of those sermons? Very few, actually. Who has listened to the ones they've missed online? Some of you. That's me as well, actually, because I've missed one. Okay, can I say that all these sermons are really good and really linked? So do um, take the opportunity to catch up on the ones that you haven't heard And uh, we're going to be looking at Bible study, as I said, um, and how that helps us to grow, how studying the Bible helps us to grow. And it is linked with what Tom said about fasting last week, because part of the purpose of giving up physical food for a period is that you can have food for your soul that you can have soul food. And then Simon spoke to us two weeks ago about prayer and meditation, and basically that sermon is a companion piece to this one. Because when you pray, you immediately, I think, start looking at the Bible or quoting scripture. And when you sit down to read the Bible, you automatically pray. Those two things go together. And Claire started this series by talking about hunger. 
Are we hungry to grow? Are we hungry for God? And I think that is the question over all of this series. How hungry for God are we? And uh, that week she gave us a spiritual MOT, a spiritual audit to do. And I only got round to doing that this week. And what I discovered doing that, just prayerfully reading those questions and thinking about them, was that actually I don't get nourished very much by God's word. And as I'm speaking about that, I think God wanted me to know that. Actually, what, what I found for myself was that I read God's word when I have to preach on it, when I have to lead a Bible study, Uh, when I have to do something on a course that I'm doing, but I'm not actually being daily nourished by God's word. So that was God's word to me. And if you haven't done that spiritual MOT, see what God says to you through that. So why is reading the Bible important? And the short answer to that, and we could probably go home after this, is... Jesus said, it's important. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Interestingly, Jesus there was actually quoting scripture himself. That comes from Deuteronomy. And Jesus is remembering the scriptures that he was taught and quoting them. And even more interestingly, if you remember where that quote comes from, he was in a time of fasting, he was in the desert, and he was using scripture as a weapon against the devil in a time of temptation. So I think Jesus is doing two things there. He's showing us the importance of the word of God. And he's modelling how it can be used in times of hardship and temptation. But there is an eternal truth in his words. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You may have read that Eugene Peterson um, died this week. He was the man who gave us the message, Bible, which is a Bible a version of the Bible I find incredibly refreshing. Um, Every time I pick it up, it it zaps me in a way that sometimes these more familiar words don't. And Eugene Peterson translated these words of Jesus in this way. Jesus says, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. So is that something that's in your life? A steady stream of words from God's mouth to you. So the first of our three reasons why we should read the Bible regularly is about hunger and nourishment. The Bible nourishes us. It feeds us. It is like bread to our soul. 
Um, I'd like you to see a picture and see if you recognise anybody in this picture. This picture looks it looks better on there than it does on the back. Um, anybody recognise anybody in that picture? Have we got... No, I don't think Neil and Jeanette are here, are they? Um, you may see Emily Saul there amongst many others. This is a picture that was taken in Uganda when Jan Ransom took a group of young people over to minister in the refugee camps uh, in Uganda. And she also took 120 of our church Bibles with her. You may remember that recently we have changed the Bibles that we have and um, we had some Bibles that were spare and she took 120 in there. She said that they managed to get them by using half their luggage allowance. Um, They managed to get them out there. And this is a picture of them cleaning them, patching them uh, and making sure that they're in good nick. And the next day they took some of them into the refugee camps. And let's have our next picture. So this is what it feels like to be given your own Bible. This is what it feels like. This young man clutched it to his chest and gave thanks to God. And the young lad behind him, the one in the pink, is overjoyed. And Jan said that when they went into the next camp and said that they would all be given Bibles, there was a huge cheer. And at least a third of them said that they'd never had a Bible before. And most of them had lost nearly everything that they had. Now, I don't know what that makes you feel, but I felt humbled when I saw those pictures. Because I know I've got two shelves of Bibles gathering dust. Here are people who realise how precious the word of God is. And we often don't. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. That's Psalm 1. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. The Bible often uses the language of food and nourishment when it talks about God's word. We need food for our body and food for our soul. We need water for our body and water for our soul. And I like this picture in particular because it shows that even in the desert, this tree is green and fruitful. Okay, so it's nourishment for us. The second thing I want to say is about relationship and fruit. And I think the purpose of reading the Bible is to meet with God and to meet with Jesus. It is all about maintaining a relationship. And Simon spoke uh, 
two weeks ago about prayer, and he used this passage, um, John chapter 15. Remain in me, says Jesus, and I will remain in you. So this is about maintaining a relationship with Jesus. In prayer, we speak to God and we listen to him. And often he speaks back to us through his word. I want to uh, tell you a story of um, a young man called Stephen. Uh, When I was younger, I lived for a while in Southampton. And I went to um, Above Bar Church in Southampton. And uh, I also went to a Bible study that was associated with that church. And uh, we were a group of students and ex-students at this Bible study. And we did a lot of showing off in that group. I don't know if you've ever been in a Bible study group like this. But um, we were always trying to... um, uh, cap each other by saying, oh yes, and that reminds me of a verse in Hezekiah 3.12. <laughs> or, and the Greek says this. There was a lot of that sort of showing off going on in the group. And into this group came um, a, a, a man called Stephen, who was in his 30s and he had learning disabilities. Stephen had not been able to read But when he became a Christian, somebody got alongside him and taught him to read. And the only book, really, that Stephen ever read was this book. But he loved this book. He poured over this book. He knew it inside out. And he came to our Bible study, and he would sit there in the middle of the group, and he would look intently at everybody who was speaking And I'm not sure he understood everything that was being said. But at the end, Stephen would say, isn't Jesus wonderful? And I think that's what Bible study is about. Not what we were doing, which was how much did we know about God. uh, Stephen knew God. He knew Jesus. And that's what Bible study is about. It's about finding that God and Jesus are wonderful. So remember Stephen when you come to read the Bible because that's essentially what it's about, finding that wonder and awe that Stephen knew. And the third thing I want to say about the Bible is that it should be about change and growth. Reading the Bible should be about change and growth. As we saw on that video, this is no ordinary book. It is not, in fact, one book. It is 66 books written over thousands of years. It is a record of how ordinary people have met with God over that time. And it's a record of how God has progressively revealed himself. Paul says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This book is God-breathed. God-breathed. And that means 
not only that he inspired the people who wrote it, but it it is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And many can testify in this room, but probably don't do it now, that the words in here have brought them to repentance. And many can say that the words in here have turned their life around. And many can say that the words in here have brought healing and deliverance to them. The reading the Bible is meant to change us. And it's one of many ways in which God challenges us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he says. And this renews our minds as well as feeds our souls. And I think sometimes we don't read it because we don't want to be challenged and we don't want to be changed. And we know it has the power to do that. Um, There's been a thing that's been going around Facebook, and apologies if you've already seen this, but and you can't read it, so I'm going to read it to you. This is about Duck Church. There is a little town of ducks. Every Sunday, the ducks waddle out of their houses and waddle down Main Street to their church. They waddle into the sanctuary and squat in their proper pews. The duck choir waddles in and takes its place. Then the duck minister comes forward and opens the duck Bible. He reads to them, Ducks, God has given you wings. With wings you can fly. With wings you can mount up and soar like eagles. No walls can confine you. No fences can hold you. You have wings. God has given you wings. You can fly like birds. And all the ducks shout, Amen. And then they waddle home. (laughs) Okay. This word is meant to change you. All right. Don't stop it from changing you. Okay. So that's three reasons why we might want to read the Bible. It's nourishment, food for our soul. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about changing us. I want to go on and look a bit more practically just at this bit here. Um, If you haven't got one, I gather we ran out of these at a certain point. Is there any spare ones around? Anyone hasn't got one? There are a few people who haven't got one. I'm going to give you... Okay. If not, we can, I can get some for you. So come and see me afterwards if you haven't got one. Now, what I did with this was just try and gather some ideas, some practical ideas on Bible study. And um, Tim Cross said I crowdsourced this sermon. Um, and I suppose I did, certainly. Because I, I got in touch with people in the, that I knew in the church um, and said what do you do about Bible study? And what works for you? And what would you recommend to other people? And so what you have there is um, a menu, really, of things that um, people recommended. 
And um, I'll leave you to take it home and have a look at it. But if you are feeling that your Bible study is a bit stale at the moment or you're stuck, this could be a way of unsticking you and trying something new. Quite a lot of people were doing things online which surprised me because I'm an old-fashioned book person myself most of the time, but quite a lot of people were doing things online. And so what I've tried to do, I haven't given you all the the WWWs and things, um, but I have given you um, things that I think you could Google and find um, where they are online. Just... Um, And I've given you quick bites for when you're in a hurry, and sometimes you just don't have time for doing more than that. Um, Things that are on the move. Um, Several people spoke to us about their commute to work and how they were trying to find that as a way of, of studying the Bible. Then there's a sort of main course thing for those who want to go deeper and have got more time. And um, desserts. And really in there I put things that might be good if you need refreshment. Five top tips. The first one is variety. Don't get stuck and stale in reading the Bible. Try different things. Our curate, Sophie, said something I thought was really helpful. She says, as an activist, I find I need variety So every morning, I have a few different options I can choose from. And I thought that was helpful. Have a buffet every morning. Um, By contrast, there were some people who found a real benefit in routine and um, having a particular time and a particular place. And Jill Davis talked of, I think hers was the Sacred Space um, app that she uses, on her daily commute. And she says, I click on at Woking and I use it between Woking and London. So she knows it lasts just that long. Mandy Haig said, when I seem in the desert spiritually, I always return to the Psalms. I thought that was very helpful. And John Barker said, rather than reading a commentary, I like to read the Gospels because I feel they draw me closer to Christ. And that I've also found myself. And Sue Barker said, I sometimes read and I sometimes listen. And I seem to stay with it better if I'm listening. So if you have a way of listening to the Bible, I think um, there are loads of ways you can do that. That might be a good thing for you. And several people said that quite often the reading for the day seemed random, but later that day... It was used by God or prepared them for something that they hadn't expected. And sometimes a theme began to emerge as they were reading, something that God seemed to be wanting to tell them. So I would say, give it a go on your own, if that is the best way for you. Quite a few people in my little survey said, that reading the Bible with their husband or their wife was very important to them. So on your own or in a couple, but whatever you do, do something. Don't just let it go because this is food for your soul. Okay, you've done a lot of listening. Um, 
would you like to come and we're going to sing and then we're going to have a reading and then we're going to have a very short um, look at scripture together and then that, that, that'll be my third bit would you stand would you stand